This is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the walls. The chair is against the walls. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. We talk about guns for like an hour. So we've got some people joining us. we got Angelina joining in from California. Thanks for jumping in. Hello from 1900 California. That's a reference to an earlier conversation. Uh, we got Clover jumping in from uh, Texas. Tejas. Tejas, baby. Yeah. Howdy. Dano. Longtime host of the show, returns uh, for an evening uh, out of Illinois. Thanks for jumping in. No problem. Just here to keep things clean and straight, Angie. <laughs> and and correct and technically accurate. So, uh, Night Strike, jumping in from South Carolina. Thanks for joining. Yeah, great. Just don't hand Dano a grease gun because he'll break it. Night Strike coming in from the boiler room of guntube.org, keeping it going during this rain, rain storm. Well, I'm working the midnight oil, but it happens. Midnight Oil, members of Gun Channels? Very crazy. Uh, Taters jumping in from Michigan. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like maybe you lost uh, Patriot. Where's Patriot at? Oh, I see. He's probably watching Edge. So uh, Edge of the uh, Night is chat over on Gun Channels happening right now. And uh, maybe we lost Patriot over there. Uh, we got Gunstop jumping in from Oklahoma. Thanks for joining. Thanks for the invite, sir. I'm down. You bet. I'm down here in uh, Tucson, and we've got some other links out there. So we'll see if any people, any other people, jump in. If you're interested, let us know, and uh, we'll get on with the show. So we got some people watching on the YouTube side. That's where we host the show, so we can get it over on GunTube. Not because of Night Strike, just because I'm lazy. Um, and then uh, we'll be hosting it over on GunTube.org, which is a better platform. Uh, but we also use always will embed the show over at gunchannels.com where we're watching the comments from the people watching live which is what it's all about we started doing this show i don't know what episode are we on 600 something episodes ago i guess 640 episodes ago uh, back in the day when bob was a young kid we decided we'd try this podcasting thing out and the whole idea was to experiment with the new media and uh the audience being part of the show is what it's all about otherwise it's just a stupid radio show being stuck on the internet and it's definitely not that Tonight, we are giving away some knives because it's free patch Friday, and it's probably one of the only times I remember to talk about that at the beginning of the show. So you have an opportunity until we give these knives away to still buy stuff from gearwebsites.com. Gearwebsites.com is our online store, and that's one of the ways that we can keep our projects online and on the road through participation with the audience. So. My goal has always been to have information disseminated from the bottom up, from individuals who know exactly what they're talking about, bringing it to conversation so that others can uh, debate and collaborate and then create policy from that, not have policy or information or agenda trickle down from above. Uh, part of our First Amendment is the, you know, the um, evolution beyond that, that necessity when someone owns the means of dissemination of information they own the conversation well this all has been an effort to get rid of that 
And uh, one of the ways that we fund all that, instead of going to corporate sponsors, which might change, um, is to uh, reach out to our viewers and ask them to throw a couple of bucks at us each month. Not like a hat, but like uh, somebody's paying for PBS or something, except not through government extortion. So if you like what we're doing, we have a Patreon account and you can just throw money at us that way. We do things like a patch of the month, a sticker of the month made by Angelina over there in California. And another thing we do is have an online store. So uh, we sell some of our playing cards that we've done over the years, which are all made in the USA. Thank you very much. And uh, we sell some patches and stickers and things, which are as often as possible sorts to the United States. And on Fridays, we say thanks by giving away free patches to anybody who orders, no matter the size of the order, no matter no coupon codes or any of that stuff. So if you order on a Friday, you're getting extra patches with the order. And uh, today, anybody who orders before we actually do the drawing or the whatever is going to uh, have a, uh, an opportunity to grab one of these cool knives. So they're all, uh, which I say name brand, got a Spyderco, a Benchmade, a, a Cricut, or I guess Columbia River Knife and Tool, and then I guess two Columbia River Knife and Tools. I'm also going to throw you that. Wait a minute, I can't throw you the Clover Patch. So you won't get a Clover Patch, but you will get a Daily Gun Show button. Those are not very many people have them. I think maybe less than 20 people at this point have them. Anyhow, we're going to talk about that later in the show. So if you'd like to make a little bell ring, you can go over to gearwebsites.com and buy something, and then a little bell will ring, and then. Uh, the Second Amendment will get a little stronger and we'll get some gas in the tank and probably be like get better grades. I think your wife will like you better. Uh, your teeth will be whiter. Something is it like a that. bell or is it brass like hitting the floor sound? It's literally a cash register sound. You oh, I thought okay. probably can make it do something different. I was just playing around with a site called If Then If This Then That. Ooh, thank you very much. If this, then that, and we'll play around with that on either a Monday on our show or a Thursday on Clover's show and talk and show people how interesting it can be to have um, little automated things happen. But yeah, we could probably make a thing where if somebody bought something at the store, all kinds of neat stuff could happen. Like lights could go on. I could turn an air conditioner on. I could uh, make an air raid siren happen. Who knows? I can quit screen sharing and we'll get on with the show before I start showing secrets all over the place here. We're going to give away those knives though in a little bit. So if you want to get in on that, um, I think we have less than 10 people ordered by this point, at this point. So pretty good odds where you're going to get uh, two knives because I'm going to do it at every five. Another knife is going to go out there. So right now you've got, we're always going to have 20% odds or better. Just like Vegas. Is that better? Need a knife. So all they got to do to get in on it is order something from gearwebsites.com? Yep, thank you. Summing it up, exactly. Today we're talking about future armor materials, so I brought experts in. Angelina being a giant dinosaur with little tiny arms, armor on at all times. She knows about it. Clover also wearing armor at all times, as you can see in his icon. Dano constantly shooting people. You can see by his logo there. Night Strike, he has two guns all the time. Potatoes has to hide behind that potato, which is probably not good armor. And as you can see, Snob just walks around with a tuxedo. So brought this group of experts in so we could talk about future armor materials. Here we go. Point of order, point of order that the Kingsman walk around like that too. So right? that's true. Yeah. That's true. Also, what about Jackie Chan? Was that bulletproof uh, or was that tuxedo bulletproof? I don't remember. The Jackie Chan movie about tuxedo? The tuxedo, yeah, yeah, I think that was. Was so good, good choice. 
I feel like I'm the most prepared because I got all those things. All the doodads and hanging offing items. Yeah, there's like pouches and knee pads and angry well, I think, mouth. I think uh, I'm the only one with magical capabilities, though. So, well, you do are rumored to taste delicious. I don't know. Gunsnot looks like a fairy. Really? Really? Oh. He looks snobby to me, but that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, a little snobby. You say I look like a slob? What? Wizard is suggesting oh. that these are not good armor. Interesting. Everybody's not trying to link over here. Anyway, so what's the next armor? Is it going to be ceramic? Is it going to be some sort of a pliable fluid? Anybody paid attention or seen anything about that? Well, the current trend certainly seems to be ceramic uh, due to, uh, you know, it's, la it's reduced significant weight reduction. And for anybody who's ever had to, uh, you know, hump a pack plus armor for miles and miles, weight matters let alone sitting in a vehicle um, where it's very uncomfortable. Of course, the, the downside is is uh, once they're once they've been hit, you pretty much need to replace it. You're talking ceramic? Yes. And plus it's fragile on its edges and being yes. dropped and shoved, you know moved around so you've got the potential that you don't even realize you're wearing ineffective or not as effective armor right correct the future of body armor needs to be cool to wear i've, I've seen a lot of bar body armor and plates being made out of that uh that uh polyethylene stuff uh lately you know the high high molecular weight polyethylene it's uh it, it almost feels like polymer but it apparently works. Well, if we're talking about, you know, the future of like lighter weight, thinner stuff, then the, um, what are we talking about? The, what am I thinking? Graphite film? Has anybody heard about that? I have not. I hear the sound of money. Graphite what? Graphite no. film. No. So nanotubes or something different? Um, I don't know. I think I, I, yeah, you got me. But no, I guess I haven't heard of that. Is that something that's like catches it or it? Yeah, the, the way it reacts to the pressure, um, they say it gets like as hard as diamonds under the you know, like with the with the projectile was to hit it, it would immediately become as hard as diamonds. So I mean, it wouldn't be able to penetrate. Okay, so it's uh, once a pressure is applied, it resists or whatever. right it changes the changes on a molecular level, I guess, or something. I don't know. Kind of like when you do the bowl of cornstarch with a kid or whatever, and then they punch it, and it turns into, like, mud or whatever. When you let go, it goes back to being soup or whatever. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that the water style? 
that they put the electricity to. I guess that's what I'm looking at right now is liquid body armor. Liquid yeah, kill. Liquid, yeah, yeah it's, it's got filaments or whatever that float in it until they power it up. Mm -hmm. And what's the idea there? You walk around with it being flexible and less of a pain in the butt and less fragile, I guess, and then... Until it gets hit. Well, and then it happens automatically or like you engage it when you think you anticipate a hit or like it can... I, it says... It I says dur it, oh, it says during normal handling, the STF is very deformable and flows like a liquid. But when a bullet or frag hits the vest, it transitions into a rigid material. This prevents the projectile from penetrating the soldier's body. Yeah, that's I think one of the things I was seeing that I thought was pretty future. Yeah, I've seen that where they were talking about doing that on vehicles as well, where it's it's lighter or something. And it's also more stab resistant than conventional body armor. You know, I was just checking out here real quickly on on, on the net, so to speak, the carbon nanotubes, and uh, they are sig significantly stronger than steel. Well, they're stronger than steel when you pull them, but I don't know. Thank you very much. I don't know if they're you know, stronger for like abrasion or whatever that would be when you go to slice, you know, the, like if it was a rope, if you were trying to cut the rope. I know that they're strong to pull them like on a bridge or something or like when they start making space tubes. Uh, they're also uh, apparently very lightweight, again, in comparison to steel. So Yeah, uh, carbon doesn't mean nothing. It's just literally uh, carbon, just spun, you know, at a molecular level into a weave or something so that it becomes structurally strong. Uh, and then you give it a little bit of a shaping that's super strong. You, what's you that bullet-resistant? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just curious, what's the bullet-resistant clothing supposed to be made out of? Well, typically it's Kevlar, but that only goes up to 3A. Yeah, the only thing I bullet resistant clothing would basically be soft armor, but instead of being the standard panels for like a normal carrier, it would be kind of sculpted to be more like for, I don't know, high risk person or something who wants to look normal or maybe their bodyguards that they want to look more normal and less like a, you know, like a body, like a, somebody with body armor on. So uh, I've just seen that kind of thing, like a, maybe a whatever you call like a vest underneath a tuxedo or like a shirt that looks like a button-down shirt or something that you would put under a coat. Well, it's still got to be quite a bit thicker, though, doesn't it? Just like a vest is. I mean, it can't be as thin as, you know, regular clothes, I would assume. Well, I've never heard of anything that that, that would uh, be effective for rifles, period. Oh, yeah, no soft body armor is, really. I watched the show that there's a guy in South America, possibly, that does does the suits, the full suits. And they were talking about a lot of different stuff like that. But it's clothing instead of, you know, so it doesn't look like plate carriers or anything. It's just like you're wearing a suit. And they're doing it for a bunch of di dignitaries and stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy in but South was, America that makes business suits uh, or just like and, any clothing that's bulletproof. And he tests them. He actually t takes them and lets you shoot him or he shoots you or something before you leave. Right. Yeah. I, I seen it on one of those. Well, I listened to it. I didn't see it, but same thing. I don't, I don't know what the guy's name was. It's some 
porn guy. Apparently they are making uh, body armor out of uh, carbon nanotubes. Uh, I've not gotten additional details as of yet as I'm trying to search for it, but yeah, they're actually selling it. So I'm guessing that's a lot lighter weight, so it should be a lot cooler to wear. Because the problem with wearing a normal vest is uh, they're pretty warm to wear all day. Yeah, on, on this one website I'm looking for that's actually selling, it says Citizen Armor provides concealed, ultralight, flexible, highly effective personal protective products and peace of mind for any situation. And this and their products are all carbon nanotube based. They offer from vests to inserts to backpacks to uh, briefcases, you know, little things like that. I shouldn't say little things, but things like that. Is there anything that nanotubes can't do? No. Tubes of the future. Tubes so, of the future. I just saw this link thanks to uh, Roosted, who's over on the Gun Channel side, right? And notice how earlier Night Strike was saying, like, how uh, the, the, the styrofoam or whatever, the foam composite, and he was trying to claim that that came from South uh, Carolina. Here it is North Carolina State University. Being developed. I, so, I never claimed it was from South Carolina. Sure, sure. Now you're trying to change history. So I'm, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm telling the truth. Looks like it looks like gross slime mucus, mucus off of some kind of worm. And then that's pretty neat. You would think that critters who get bit all the time would have come up with something to stop from getting bit in half, right? Look like a little chunk of chocolate chip Rice Krispie treat. Like an armadillo? Has yeah. that hard outer... Watching my screen, it's like a bunch of gross slime off of this worm, I'm guessing. This is oh, North Yeah. So again, this happened in Are North Are you sure that's not an eel? <laughs> Giant earthworm. Oh. Maybe it gets disgusted. You say stuff to it till it's disgusted and it'll spit. Oh, it's, it's one of those where it submits a as a defensive mechanism. It it it. it um, that's, I haven't it? actually read it, but it says the monstrous-looking spineless hag fish lives in the deepest depths yes. of the ocean and scavenges on the ocean floor for food on dying animals inside out. Uh, made of mucus and thread-like fibers, the clear slime, ultra-long and flexible. It's so powerful it has been the key to survive extinction after extinction, even outlasting the dinosaurs. So, yeah, I guess it has uh, slime instead of uh, scales. And I have heard of that before. Um, that 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 creature is uh, the the hagfish, um, and it's really not a fish, but um, as we think of fish anyway. Um, but uh, and and the properties of that slime for lack of having the correct scientific term um and the potentials that that i'm sorry i'm getting it's slimy my attention is being dragged somewhere else at the moment um yes and the, the future uses potentially of that slime if we're able to harvest it i mean because most scientific discoveries are either inspired by or directly taken from things that occur in nature. She keeps saying we shot the foam body armor with 762 by 63 M2. Isn't that 30 odd 6?
I don't know. You say about 63? Yeah, so that's yeah, a 30. That's 30, 30, 30 out of 6. That they're shooting at this. So it's not anything to sneeze at. No. Crazy. I wonder what it's... Beyond the side of the foam that faces the warfighter's body, the bullet was only able to cause an 8-millimeter indention. Neat. It'd probably... Oh, thank you very much. It'd probably knock you down, but if it doesn't formation in the foam... That's pretty good. I just want to say thanks to the people of North Carolina for coming up with this life-saving material. Yeah. The thing she's holding, that piece of armor, <clears> I finally <throat> figured it out. It looks like one of those cookies and cream Hershey bars. Snap, it is looking like There you go. There's a, an, are you talking about an 8-millimeter indention into the body? Right. In other words, instead of a 30-odd-6, like knocking you down, it's only going to put a 8-millimeter indention on the body side of the armor. As opposed to make a giant ca cavitation or something, right? Right. Okay, so you're gonna have. Okay, that's that's enough to get to get to break a rib or something, but yeah, it's gonna be sore. Maybe have to, a broken not rib. Enough to, not enough to damage an organ or pump. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, I mean it's still gonna have the force of that thirty. Uh, oh no, the shock. The, yeah, the shock or the the uh, energy or whatever is gonna suck, no doubt. Right. Nope. Yeah, but that level two that I shot with a 380 left that big of an indention in that bucket I had it on. So, you know, that's pretty amazing that it'll stop a 30 out six with that little bit. Let's just remember that was North Carolina. All right. So we're going to move on to, I think I should grab my notes, I guess. Do we even have a schedule for today? It is Friday. <clears throat> means it's free patch Friday. That's what all those dings are. We're buying stuff over at the start. Whoa, what happened to my screen? I am at 50% magnification. Let's go up to actual seeing it. So it is... Uh, why is this? Oh, okay. I see what's going on. We got recoil impulse is what we're going to talk about next. I put that in there. I remembered what we're going to talk about there. So that should be a neat one. I don't know if we've ever talked about recoil impulse before on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we do, we like to feature one of the members over at Gun Channels uh, each day during the show. It's one of the reasons we do the show on a daily basis so that we can include things like our Gun Shop of the Day and our Gun Channels member of the day. Somebody we have not talked about in a while, and I've almost met him twice, but not yet, is Hawaii Volcano Squad, who does one of the shows on Mondays. He's been doing that for many years now. And uh, a little bit different type of show while he's into guns and everything. He's also into other things like... Um, different kind of currencies and investments and metals and prepping. He lives in Hawaii, which is a whole other interesting aspect of it. Uh, lately, they've had the, whatever, the volcanoes. And I think, are they having a massive hurricane or something right now? Yes. That's what they get for living on an island. But anyway, he gives us an insight to uh, what it's like to live on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um, and he's been a Remember Gun Channels through thick and thin, through the ebbs and flows, the popularity and the less popularity and the changes we've done. So, uh, like Nightstrike said, so much can be said of HCS. I'll, I'll stop and let y'all chat about him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He, he certainly has an interesting perspective on things. He's, uh, I don't know, he seems nice. I've only talked to him maybe six or seven times. And and don't mention don't mention any type of a knife unless you're ready for three hour conversation. Just saying. It's definitely a different. Uh, he's, not, he's not. Definitely a different character. Gun channel 
not a bunch of people walking in lockstep and also don't don't broach the topic of bullpups either. <laughs> oh yeah, he's definitely unless a bull you are unless you are really into bullpups. Unless again you want another three hour conversation. So anytime you want to watch his chat, it's over on uh, his channel, which is Hawaii Volcano Squad. You can get it from the schedule or on when you log into gun channels, there's usually some recommended channels over there. And he calls it locked and loaded. And like a lot of people, he'll do his show live. And then throughout the week, you're welcome to come back at any time and watch the show. And if you like it, you can click over on his YouTube channel and watch as many of the shows as you might want. Uh, in his archives over there. So uh, I'll throw the link out there since we're chatting him up. And that's our member of the day. If you want to recommend somebody for member of the day, then go ahead and... What the hell? There. Go ahead and uh, send us an email. Gun channels, or dailygunshow at gmail.com and uh, we'll be more than happy to include other people onto the uh, schedule. All right, so well, do this, do this, and recoil impulse. Where are we going to take that one? Ooh, is that like we supposed to like to describe like different calibers and what the impulse feels like as compared to other things? And if so, what are we going to compare it to? Okay, I guess that's a good question. So recoil impulse is something I don't think too many people take into consideration. So I threw it on a little thing there. Um, for example, if people have shot an AR-15, the, the recoil impulse, I guess, is what you would consider. I guess uh, everybody might have a different definition of it, but it's the uh, interaction with your body, I guess. You know, the way that the firearm operates in, you know, conjunction. Yeah, it's the perception, more or less, too, of the right. Of the How vehicle. we yeah. Right, so some guns can throw you around, like think of a shotgun that doesn't have any kind of recoil absorbers at all. It's going to move your body all over the place, you know, because it has no operation. Uh, revolver is going to be a bit different in your hand. It's going to kick differently than like a semi-auto pistol. An AR-15 with its mass in an aluminum tube is going to feel different when you're holding a rifle than an AK-47, which has a lot more weight uh, distributed out around it you know again it's gonna be different than an h and k or something which has a completely different type of disengagement it's, yeah the, the shape of the grip uh and then, then the energy transfer which has to do with the caliber and then there's the psychological factor uh which is going to vary from individual to individual which is why you can have two people um fire the same caliber out of the same firearm at the same time and they might describe um the, the impact differently. Well, bullet weight and uh, powder weight also yes. changes that too. Exactly. It, I guess I, I for the sake of this discussion, I'm assuming everything is what I'll call Sammy spec as far as powders and then you know we're using you know all the same bullet weight just to keep things simple. And but also yes, you're absolutely on right. Your, on your action too. A bolt versus semi-auto well well right and and that's another reason why i mentioned the exact same gun because if you take let's say a revolver one guy shooting a 38 special in a revolver and some other guy shooting a sammy spec nine millimeter out of a semi-auto yeah they're not technically the same but they're pretty darn close 
Does this have anything to do if you're sitting there watching a guy dry fire and you see him move? I don't know. That's a good question. Be perceived. Exactly. You look at little kids when they're shooting with play guns. What do they do? They're always moving it up and down like they're got recoil. And and that's the psychological factor that 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 I mentioned. And being able to, uh, you know, if it's something that you want to do and get better at. Being able to train out of that. Well, that's one of the things. Like you know, whenever you're somebody keeps shooting and missing the target and stuff, you can you know randomly load the snap cap in there, you know, and see that they're anticipating that recoil and stuff. Absolutely, that's probably one of the best uh, tools to um, determine. Number one, are you flinching, and if you are, how bad, and then if. If it's something that you need to work on, incorporate that regularly into your routine. Well, that's oh yeah, I can have someone that says, "Oh no, I'm not flinching," and you put a you put a snap cap in there, and they drop the gun three inches. Yep, I walked away. But if you guys mentioned when you have a laser, a, a, not yeah. a momentary, but a, light, a laser, you can just turn on and have them pull the trigger and watch that, you know, like turns into a J or a little butterfly shape. Yep, no, but that that's one thing. Dry firing too, with you know, if you're just sitting in your house and you're—I mean, I don't, but I'm sure you guys can aim at you know a spot on the wall or you know whatever, and you start pulling and you see that you're you know actually moving instead of holding, right? With the yeah. uh, laser, it's been my experience that to, to do it well, you almost need two people. The reason being is that uh, the person you know firing is primarily focusing on the front sight and secondarily focusing on the target. Uh, and, you know, the, the laser dot would be a tertiary thing out there. And that's, it, no person's going to be able to, to do the first two things well and then actually pay attention to, to that little J thing. But I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but that's the advantage of having a shooting buddy with you that can watch it while you're trying to focus on the front sight and just the target. And we used to put a penny on the front side and, you know, do that. Oh, unless balance it? Yeah. Unless you have an electronic uh, helper like the uh, Mantis X or something like that that actually will show you where you're moving your gun during the trigger pull. So you're talking like a target in, or a laser and target combo where the the target is interpreting the laser the whole path and then can go back and show you like an animation right yeah I'll, I'll always talk them up that thing's pretty sweet well one thing whenever i got that little smith and wesson bodyguard that i have it's got horribly heavy trigger and stuff and i just sat in there with the laser on and just sat in my office chair you know, aiming at a picture on the wall and just kept doing it till I quit moving it because getting used to shooting it, it's such a tough trigger to get used to. You know, you could have maybe looked for a different firearm. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. It's a good gun, though. My dad has one. I was pretty interested in getting one until I shot his. Uh, Remington gets a lot of crap, but that RM380 is sweet, in my opinion. I like that gun. Got an aluminum frame. After I got used to that bodyguard, I don't mind it at all. I mean, it's not a fun gun to shoot, but I don't mind it. This takes practice. 
And who doesn't like to practice? At that particular gun, I would not enjoy practicing <laughs> with it at all. Yeah, you they're know. not that much fun. And and it also you know kind of goes in the argument with you know people poo poo the three eighty yeah well you you go to the firing line and shoot you know a couple hundred rounds of three eighty in a little gun like that in a row. Oh my god! Okay. I'm gonna try to keep Dan out from embarrassing himself anymore, but we're gonna. I don't know what <laughs> we started late. We started I don't think late. that's possible. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not ten minutes away from the end of the show, right? We started late, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like 20 minutes later, 30. Yeah. Okay. So um, I was going to ask about recoil and pulse. Is there a gun? I'm going to ask left to right, so starting with Angelina. Um, is there a gun that you've shot that had an interesting or unusual impulse or uh, recoil impulse that you would recommend to other people? Like that I liked shooting because of the recoil? I don't know. Maybe that's just like, oh, if you get a chance check this out because it's just it's different or interesting or i don't know maybe it's sometimes i think those can be uncomfortable too so i don't want to say pleasurable always or like the com most comfortable because um i guess i would say my most surprising recoil was an mp5 because it was just like a paintball gun and i thought it would have a little more to it they have that like roller uh locking bolt so they definitely have delayed blowback a little bit different yeah. Uh, which kind did you shoot? Like a shoulder type or a pistol type? A shoulder type. Yeah, definitely. Then when you bring that thing up to your shoulder, like you said, there's just so much that nine millimeter uh, recoil just disappears. Yeah, it, it was just like like thumps. Basically. <clears throat> I mean, it was super chill. Uh, Clover. Uh, okay, got my mute. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can think of a, I can think, think of one really specific that that's always been kind of interesting to me, and then one in general specific, um, like a sharp trap door um, in forty five seventy. To me, is is it's inter it's interesting. Um, and then of, go ahead. Kind of brutal. But then again, it's not to me. I mean, it is. It's a lot of recoil, but the, the when we're talking about the pulse, it's a real broad push. Okay, so it, right? saying, although it's it's a lot of recoil, the way that it's the the smokeless it's, it's powder, like it's, more, it's like it's more spread out. You know, or almost like it's delayed or something, right? Yep. Um, and then uh, one I've always really complained about to me is a 270. A two, the recoil impulse on most 270s I've ever shot is really sharp. You know, it's it's like the complete opposite of what I'm talking about with that sharps, right? It's it's real needle point like accurate, just a just a sharp little, almost like a bee sting or something. And type, then we got a quote from Roosted over here in case anybody doesn't have one. Um, Denim. Uh, I guess I was thinking in regards to um, uh, the cartridge power that the firearm was firing compared to the recoil felt, and which where where you could get the least amount of recoil for the most power projected out of the front end of the firearm. And where to me, where that's demonstrated in the most clear way is in an AR-15. 
uh, as far as there, there's minimal recoil, period. Uh, and it's not that it's that high end of a cartridge, it's that it's it, it the recoil is very similar to a standard 22 long rifle, in my opinion. I mean, it's just slightly more. Uh, yet you're getting uh, you know actual rifle performance out of it. Fair enough. Uh, nice strike. Uh, when I was in the Boy Scouts, uh, I learned how to use muzzle loading rifles, and I thought that I thought the recoil on them would be much more, you know, being black powder than it was, but it really wasn't that much more than using like a modern uh, centerfile rifle. So, right on. Let me ask though: Were those modern black powder or old fashioned? Like, um... yeah, they, they they were modern, but they had hex barrels. Okay. I uh, I grew up with uh, black powders, but mine were, or ours were, um, the old ones, like Pennsylvania rifles and stuff. And these, and these were standard modern hex barrels with uh, cap and with the caps. So. Right on. The uh, Pennsylvania rifles have, like, if you ever look at one, they've got the goofiest stock in the world. Like, I don't know what they were thinking, if their shoulders were tiny back in the day or something, but, uh, man, the recoil plus that goofy shoulder torture implement was not pleasant for me when I was a kid. But I imagine a flat shotgun style stock would make it a million times nicer. And here's the funny thing. These were the uh, the, the, the ones we were using were the, the 50 caliber uh, musket balls. So it was really interesting. And, right you know, because I thought something that, you know, at the time I thought something that big would have much more of an effect when you shot it, but it, it didn't. So. And help it. All right, Patriot, what do you got? Really, I mean, I, I've, I've been trying to think, and there's really nothing, you know, super fancy or anything. I mean, the, the one that comes to mind was either a Savage Lever Action 3030 when I was a kid. It just, you know, because for what it was, a 3030, you didn't think much of it, but the thing was extremely loud. And the other one was a 3855 Lever Action Winchester. And that had, I mean, the, the well, it looked huge, but it was a straight wall, you know, whatever. But it wasn't; it, it didn't have hardly anything compared to that thirty thirty. So, and I'm just remembering this. I, I mean, obviously, it's been thirty now, years. So, maybe we're always heightened with this perception because of Daredevil and stuff. But when you go shoot now, <laughs> when you're shooting a semi-auto, you think because you've shot semi-autos right do you think that you're experiencing more in the i don't know tactile part of shooting not really i mean i i i enjoy it i mean the louder the the more violent the better i i say but i'm kind of have you thought about doing something like getting a couple of different springs because while you don't get to uh I guess play around with the visual part you could potentially have some fun experiencing what a three pound trigger and a eight pound trigger and a something you know one extreme uh recoil spring and the other extreme like a, t a tighter recoil spring i've i've looked at them for like the 1911 because you know like wilson combat's got you know the the wide range of stuff like that and i've thought about it. i've never done it but that, that is a good idea yeah, because I mean, otherwise, I mean, like you know, shooting the forty-five, it's it's like, uh, you know, that's totally different than you know a nine. You know, the the 
decibels and stuff are different, but obviously the yeah, the nine's more small. Sure. Pink. You've shot a lot of guns. Uh, probably the, I don't know, the most enjoyable would be the uh, PS90. I mean, there's just no, hardly no recoil at all on that. I got to agree. Yeah. And plus, it's a bullpup, so it's, you're, you're kind of wrapping around the gun in a different way that's kind of neat and different. Just right. way different. And probably the one that, I don't know, probably shocked me the most and probably left the biggest bruise would be a Type 53 or like an M44 type rifle. The gun. Yeah. The uh, recoil on that is just killer. Yeah, they're brutal. Which is good because that was kicking the shit out of the communist shoulders for us. So, yeah. right on. All right. Uh, bacon. Um, so, I don't have a lot of experience with a lot of guns, but I did notice that I flinch quite badly with semi auto handguns, but shotguns I can shoot all day, but maybe it's just a matter of a lot of years' experience with shotguns. And I'm still learning a heck of a lot with uh, semi auto handguns. Right on. Uh, do you ever go to the range and just rent for a day? You know, some of the ranges, the indoor ranges, will let you put down seven dollars and rent it, and then bring it back and you know get another one, get another one, get another one for that same seven dollars or whatever it is for the rental. I have, but also um, somebody mentioned snap caps earlier, and I have my buddy load the magazine, so I don't know where they're going to come. Okay. And, and try to try to train myself better at that, but you know, I got a lot of work to do on that. That's definitely a good way to you know, experience the flinch when you're not expecting it, and even when you're aware that it's you know you got rounds in there, you, it's a good way to get your head on the game and and be ready for it each shot deliberately. Uh, taters. Okay, you guys are gonna laugh so hard, but I'm serious. Uh, I have not had a gun, a handgun hurt my hand more. In my burst of thunder 380 and i'm not joking uh i've got a remington rm380 now so it's like a smaller gun but the R, the bursa the way the back the beaver tail came back the corner of it rested right on the top of my knuckle bone and it's kind of a sharp corner so every single time i pulled the trigger it like went down into my knuckle bone and after a couple of magazines that have like a little like red spot there it might be bleeding a little bit couldn't do it the thing hurt my hand i had to get rid of it and i shoot i shoot my 44 mag all day i had one of those things and you're right that it's a snappy like just very uncomfortable pistol to shoot that's one of those things where you could look at it all day and everybody can tell you how great it is and you buy it and then you experience that. So going to a range and uh, renting one is always a good idea if you're trying to sell like a new platform or something that you have you know, a new grip shape or something. All right, that takes us to Nob. You've been uh, the fast shoot before, right? Um. Probably a 300 with a brake was the most surprising one anyways. Because I shot it without a brake, and then the guy put the brake on it, and I was shocked at how much difference that made. Yeah, it's crazy because those things have so much energy. You basically are putting diversion jets on it, so it's pulling some of its own energy from from your shoulder. 
All I know is when you're next to one, though, you should probably double your ear protection. Wait. Then they'll kick up dirt. So you're out hunting or whatever, and you're in prone, thinking you got the greatest shot ever. And next thing you know, you're coughing dirt up for six hours. Right on. So that was a neat collection. I didn't hear anybody do anything full auto. So I'm going to say a couple of guns because that's on the end. So I get to pick a bunch of stuff you guys didn't say. So if you've never uh, felt the difference in recall uh, impulse between an AR-15 and an uh, AK-47, you don't need to have them in full auto to experience that. An AR-15, like I mentioned before, is it's most of its weight, most of the movement that you know the weight is in the uh, receiver, uh, and you hold basically an aluminum tube. Uh, so it's an interesting recoil impulse. Most people have experienced that, and maybe don't think too much about it. Some of us coming from bolt guns, growing up with bolt guns and shotguns and stuff, it was kind of neat to experience those ARs the first times. Uh, but an uh, AK-47, it's definitely different the dwell is different and it's happening right next to your face that that bolt carrier comes right up next to your cheek inside the dust cover and it's it's just kind of crickety and maybe the difference between driving a jeep and driving a uh some kind of faster car right so it's definitely a different recoil impulse um but a couple more is like an uzi if you ever get a chance to shoot an uzi much like angelina said with the hk uh they're little guns and they, they're blowback are um they're not blowback, they're uh, open bolt. So the way that they fire is the bolt comes forward. So the mass of the gun is coming forward onto that round and it goes off and pushes the, the, the weight of the gun again backwards. So it's really jumpy in your hand and it's sort of like riding a motorcycle or riding a horse. It takes a minute to get used to it. Once you've gotten used to it, it's fun challenge to keep it under control. So uh, Uzis are super fun, Macs are fun in the same way. Uh, Thompson, though, nobody mentioned Thompson's. I'm sure some of you have shot Thompson's before. Just such a neat gun. It's got a big, giant metal chassis with this big, giant weight inside of it. And there's just something about, again, like Pink said with his PS90, wrapping yourself around uh, Thompson, just all that history flows in. And then that recoil impulse is slow. If you get to shoot a full auto of Thompson's time, they, they used to say you could write your name with one. And that's because Thompson knew what he was doing. He engineered that thing to be useful in full auto so it's definitely a full a fun one to shoot in full auto Dano, didn't you shoot the thompson in full auto uh yes in fact uh i thought the uh um you know ne next to a uh, an m16 uh that uh, the thompson is probably the most shootable uh and and uh certainly in a pistol caliber as compared to let's say the grease gun yeah the nines the stun and the grease guns I mean, definitely take an opportunity to shoot one if you can. I would jump on a Thompson before I jump on the nine, just because, like Angelina said, and others, it's the nine millimeter recoil just disappears in a gun, so especially a shoulder-mounted gun. So it'll be fun to shoot the stream. They shoot high cyclical rates, and that's neat. But it's like controlling a fast hose, and it happens right. so fast that unless you got unlimited rounds, you, you know somebody who's shooting it, and they brought a lot of ammo. Okay. Uh, just a round or a bag or two out of a Thompson is satisfying. Uh, just you know, comparing the top, you know, the Thompson and automatic versus a, a Glock 19 auto pistol, and, and how it just climbs straight to the sky in that auto pistol. Yeah, I will agree with that. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to shoot a full auto Glock, that's a whole experience in itself. And two more, you know, if we're going to go down. We're going down the the full auto road because uh, I wasn't really in that mode earlier. Um, probably the most pleasant. Um, I've ever shot was the Vector. Um, the worst, the FAL. 
The FAL is horrible under full auto, in my opinion. That's a big bullet, yeah. And that's old oh, tack. It's just, yeah, it's just it's a heavy rifle, man. But like by the time the third round goes off, it's pointing straight up. I mean, it's just crazy. HKG3 has a strange recoil impulse, too. Sorry, I've been chatting with Bob. We got a full room, but I've been chatting with Bob a little bit. So um, that's our recoil impulse. I think that was a neat topic. Uh, again, we're trying to pick topics for this show that aren't uh, dropped down to us from the agenda-based uh, media or whatever. There's lots of shows where we talk about stuff that's necessary to be aware of the topics of the day, but hopefully this is an alternative to it, and uh, hopefully that was fun for you. Um, we could talk about a gun shop of the day, I suppose. Oh, okay. today it's the J.M. Davis Historical Museum. So a couple of us have been there. That's that's works out pretty good. So Angelina, have you stopped by? I know you've been to Oklahoma uh, near Tulsa. Uh, I haven't, but I think I'm gonna go to the Wanamaker thing the next, you know, November. Yeah. So I'll probably. Oh yeah, definitely. If you're that close, yeah, don't don't miss it. And Clover's been there. Dano has been there. Night Strike been there. Patriot. Got a chance to get there? No. No, I haven't. Um, Pink? I don't think you've been there. No, I haven't been there yet. I want to be there, though, because um, I want to check out J.M. Davis. And then... <laughs> it was awesome. That's all I have to say. It was awesome. Uh, bacon or woods, bacon wood, wood, wood smoked bacon. Uh, yeah, sorry, no, okay, never been, to, never been anywhere near any of those states. Oh, okay. Uh, taters in there, yeah, one day, but not yet. Okay, and then snob lives what minutes away, uh, about 20 miles. <laughs> and I haven't been there since in probably 20 years, so that's embarrassing, but I will make that right. You know what, you're going to be able to offer everybody though. Uh, when you go through, I'd, I'd be interested at least because I'm a nerd like this for you to go through and give us your recollections of what's different, like how it was different. Because it's, I mean, I know it's the same building, but I'm sure it's changed a bit since that time. And I'd be curious, like, what kind of stuff has moved on or changed. And you can camp out on Snob's uh, land while you're in town. Anyway, hey, there you go. Gun Channel's campgrounds. There's plenty around. You can just chill out down on the creek. And I was offered free dogs earlier, so yeah. So we were, it. you know, we were we were trying to find a house last time. We'll just confiscate Snob's house. You know, that's a. Good, we're talking about the museum, but we might as well, since a bunch of us have been there and everybody's pretty much familiar with it. Um, I'm just going to quickly say we should probably consider that. And I know we all like that hotel, but that is still an option. Or maybe anyway, let's talk about that in a different show. Um, James yeah. Davis Firearms Museum. You guys have been there. I've talked about it probably a zillion times on this show. You guys take it this time. Um, something interesting about it that a lot of people that listen to this probably don't know is probably five or ten years ago, the curators at the time, I don't remember how long ago it was, their son was embezzling guns from there and got caught. Wait, what? Oh, I didn't what? know that. Yeah, it was like the curator's son or son-in-law or something was embezzling guns from there and it stole like, I don't remember, $100,000 worth of guns from there, unknown for a while. And then it finally got caught. I don't even think they got all of them back, just some of them. 
it was a big deal around here on the news whenever it happened. I don't remember the whole story now. It's you been know, too long. You know, they told the story when we did the tour. They told the story how, because they're a museum and all, they can get certain guns like that have been seized and all this other stuff that obviously people can't own, right? And so you've got to think that when they take in these guns, if you have a curator or somebody there that's less than scrupulous, right, that the opportunity could present itself for stuff to walk off like that. Oh, yeah, and this was like the kid of that, so the curator at the time. Plus, if he gets one in that he would like to have in his own collection, like, oh, they'll never miss this. And I think all the ones he was taking was ones that aren't like, you know, stuff that wasn't displayed, stuff that was in the back, you know, extras and stuff like that. But so it took a while for him to notice. Well, I'll tell you what, they they were pretty Johnny on the spot because Cycle Camp, there was some rare something or another that Cycle Camp was talking about. And the curator put on his white gloves and literally went in the back and got it. So Yeah, yeah. That was awesome, too, man. Yeah, but that also kind of illuminates something that uh, I think is more common than people realize is that you know when you go to a museum, there's often, uh, you know, whether it's ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, you know, or more of of uh, items that aren't necessarily on display due to lack of room and things like that mm -hmm. um, that they may have, or they may rotate their collection, you know, you know, from one year to another. So a lot of times there's things whether it's in the basement, off-site storage, or something like that that many museums have. Mm -hmm. Another neat thing about it, just here a while back, I don't know, a month ago or so, I drove by there on a Saturday because I'd worked that day and that afternoon, and they have a Wild West street shoot out in the parking lot. You know, It was pretty neat. I had a bunch of people dressed up in period clothing and doing a shoot out in the parking lot. Now, since we're talking J.M. Davis, uh, I do want to pass, pass along my impression is uh, before I saw J.M. Davis, just a couple days prior, I had uh, uh, been through the uh, one, or I should say the second uh, NRA uh, gun museum um, outside, uh, I think it's Springfield, Missouri, oh, if I'm not mistaken. See, the Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, it's got to be Springfield, Missouri. Um and and uh, so 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 that was you know my first experience going to an actual gun museum, and then I uh, went to J.M. Davis, which which dwarfed the NRA museum. Now the NRA museum had a lot more information on each individual piece that J.M. Davis may not have necessarily had. So as far as uh, that, the NRA was probably a little bit better, but the J.M. Davis had as far as you know the breadth and width of collection was was. Um, Amazing. Are you talking about the NRA that's in the Bass Pro? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's in Springfield. That's Springfield. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's there, here's another thing. How many firearms museums do you know have a tank out on the front lawn? One, two. That I that I've seen. I've only seen one. That's James Davis. <clears throat> and you Three. can climb on it and take your picture if you want. Yeah. Three. The 45th Infantry Division Museum has a shit ton of static displays out front. That's, you know, their infantry. So, uh, mechanized infantry. So, they've got a bunch. And then, of course, Dragon Man has his well, own tank. How many? Anybody else in the country, I think. I was I talking mean, strictly firearms museums, so. though. Yeah, but, but how about, well, how about this? In this country, and the 45th Infantry Museum is 
are right close to J.M. Davis. It is amazing, and it's in Oklahoma City. Go ahead, Clover. Well, how about this? How many people are buried with their firearm collection? That's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. There's only two people in the state of Oklahoma that are buried on state property. Right. Well, two families, I guess, because him and his wife. Whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but him and what? Uh, the guy from there. Um, Will Rogers. 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 Yeah. Will Rogers. But One he other thing. Actually buried with the collection. He's more like buried. Under the same roof, dude. Get oh, come on, dude. He's got his his, his tripod mounted stuff with him. His cannon is with him. Like, no, you know, uh, in the same room. It's not exactly with him. Well, we don't know what's in that. That whatever that tomb or casket thing is. His go, his go. Come on, they they lock the outside doors. They don't. They they. I doubt they lock that room at night. They lock all the outside stuff. So you don't know that his ghost doesn't come out of the mausoleum at night and go around and play with stuff, right? We know someone who would know that, but he's not here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but how about that Gatlin gun that they had there? That was awesome. Yes. You know, the, right. whole, the whole experience and the tour was something, you know, we didn't get the tour the first time. And I'm glad we got the tour second. And we definitely need right. to schedule a get with uh, Wayne is the, the whatever the director's name or whatever, I think. Not the yep. curator, but the director. Um, and set up another tour, especially if there's people that go that, that you know, didn't go last time because the stories and stuff from the tour was was amazing. It was. Oh, yeah. A tour, because of the way their tour is, it's not like a recorded thing that you're just walking around a pattern. It's literally the guy walks with the group. So he responds to your questions and says, oh, you're interested in this? Let's walk over to that part of the museum. Uh, every single tour is going to be unique and awesome. I would, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to try to arrange a tour every time I go from now on. They're going to get One other thing about the tank, though. How many firearms museums have a tank at Christmas time that has a Santa Claus driving it? Oh, I got it was Dragon Man. But I don't think the 45th Infantry. Yeah. Uh, Roosting says there's a place in Minnesota you can drive up and shoot tanks. I might have to check that out. I think I saw a TV show on that. That's cool. All right. So we've been uh, running through the show. I think we talked about our gun shop of the day. Today was the museum. One of the things we try to do on the daily is talk about a new gun shop. I'll be out on the road here soon. So we'll be taking a look at a whole bunch of new gun shops. And uh, anybody would like to recommend their shop, feel free. Dailygunshow at gmail.com. And eventually when we get the 15-minute the show going, we'll be, 20, we'll be seven days a week. So we'll definitely be uh, interested in helping to promote anybody's shops out there so that we can... Uh, let others know about it. So tonight we've been doing the uh, free patch Friday knife giveaway thing. And I think it's about time we start giving some knives away. So let me screen capture over here. And I've got the, uh, it's working. We've got the uh, random generator over here. We've got the gun channels on the YouTube. You don't have to be present to win. So uh, qualify, you need to buy something over at the store. I'm going to refresh the store over here. I got to say, I am, I am, very grateful. I've never had this many orders in a month, and we had a lot of orders today. Uh, one, well, I'm going to count uh, uh, Jamie because uh, that one came in a little bit earlier, but one, two, three, four. I'll actually do it like this, and I'll get an accurate number. I have so many, I have to click check boxes and scroll. Awesome. So thanks, everyone. You'll get your whatever you did order. You'll get free patches. In fact, 
try to do something special for the free patch. And then everybody, does it tell me how many? 17. It's amazing. Um, we're going to give away all four of these knives. So fuck it. So uh, everybody's in here. I'm just going to go from top or bottom, and we'll do 17. And again, really appreciate this. Awesome. So uh, we'll put 17 over here. And eventually I'll hit mom's lock and get 17 in here. All right. So see, we'll just go left to right, uh, or maybe right to left. Potatoes, top or bottom? Will I be counting from the top or the bottom? Potatoes refuses to answer. Are we still live? We're still live. I'm not sure your question. What do you mean, top right. or bottom? I'm going to be counting. I'm not going to show you the list because it has everybody's names, right? Oh, but I'm gonna gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 17 people. So why don't we go down? You got what we're doing here. Top I think bottom. Tater's mic's messing up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Dan, what did you say? Top or bottom? Top. Okay, so this is going to be from the top, and it's going to be 11th from the top. That means I can count six from the bottom, right? Yep. So whoever number 11 is from the top. Which is? And you can send that check to Jess Dano. <laughs> Oh wait! I guess if you're live, you get to pick the knife. Let's do it that way, and then uh, so we'll see. So my uh, Matthew, um, with an AT and T address. Shit, you got a PVC patch. You got one of the uh, I should say Gun Channels PVC patch. So you guys can help me see in the chat if Matthew, with an AT and T address, uh, who got one of the Gun Channels patches, is out there. Um, so next, I'll just. So we'll say that one. I have that tab open. That'll be number one. He'll get first pick. And then we'll do from 17 again. Why don't we have Taters not back yet? We'll have Patriot. Should I go top or bottom? Bottom. So from the bottom. Ooh, 16. So that means one, two from the top, right? Over here, two from the top is. Is this who I think it is? It is taking forever to open. Yes, this is Woods from this chat right here. Brampton Gun Show Loophole Tour and every second match. Thank you for that. Um, we're going to wait a minute to see if Matthew with the AT&T address who grabbed a gun channels patch has to grab one first, and then we'll do our third person. Oh, I don't have to change anything here. Angelina, how about top or bottom? Uh, top. Okay, from seven. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. You didn't say what I thought you said, huh? This is super fake. This is super <laughs> fake. She just picked herself. Should we allow this to happen? Yeah. And this happen? I don't know. I guess she doesn't know. Nah, it, it was random. So, yeah. Picked myself. All right, so Angelina will get third pick. And I don't care about the rules. I'm going to do the fourth one, too. So, uh, Clover, could you say something top or bottom? Mm, let's go bottom. Bottom 13. So that means four from the top. One, two, three. Taters. Taters right here in the chat. So we have actually whoa, whoa. Yeah. Is this smart? This is super fake. I should have. We should have rigged this totally different. Rigged. Rigged. We got to rig this better next time. Sorry. But, uh. We have one person, the first person out there. Are they saying they're out there? I uh, haven't seen anything yet. 
well, I guess we'll just have to make up the rules and let you guys pick, and then that person, unless they scream out on one of these two sides, will... Uh... They've had time by now. Okay, so first was Woods? Correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Woods, which one do you want? Can you see my uh, screen? Yeah, the Spyderco. Top Spyderco? The Delica? Yeah. And Angelina's next? Uh, it doesn't matter. Seriously, that's how you're gonna be. She should get like the. I mean, she said she was gonna one. give it to me anyway, so. I figured she'd get the uh, raptor claw. Which one? Yeah. The raptor claw. Eagle, is there any issue with California? Wait, no. I'm. I have a remark. Is the one with the spider the one that Woods just picked? The top one here, yeah. There's one uh, with the whole blade. That's uh, the one that. She can have it. I can pick a different one. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I like the one with the spider. Okay, Woods. Uh, let's go to the one. Is that a bench made right below it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll take that one. Okay. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Woods. That was nice of you. That'll take us to Taters. You got this Nurky Gurk thing or the Kirk thing? The dinosaur claw. I'll take the bench made. You're gonna have to pick a different one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know enough. You can pull rank. No, I'll take the I'll take the one with like the weird finger hole thing in it. This Never, guy. Oh, is that a serrated? Ah, uh, yeah. Screw it. I'll take that one. Yeah. It's serrated as shit. This one isn't serrated at all, but this one is serrated from tip to bottom, and its and its double blade is also serrated. This one is not. This is a single piece of metal. It's just all. It's actually five pieces of metal, including the screw, the bolt, the clip, the blade, and then this whole other piece with the lock and everything. It's just one piece of metal, kind of folded around and cut different. And it's really weird, you know, kind of interesting. This one yeah, is. Yeah, looks kind of weird. I'll yeah. take the one with the finger hole thing. Okay. So that means the first one we picked there is getting this one. And again, thanks everybody for participating. Everybody's going to get one of the. Uh, uh, Daily Gun Show buttons as well. We got those a while back. I think they're made in New York. I uh, got them at a good deal, so I grabbed them. But uh, anyway, thanks again. I really do appreciate it. And we're getting our. Uh, we actually got. I got uh, confirmation today that I am going to be able to get on the trip and get up to the gun rights policy conference. So this is definitely going to help with that. And uh, stay tuned for having this show on the road. Um, I'm hoping to get out there sooner than later. So. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Band chats will kick in again here. Um, maybe heading up and doing the loop from Chicago to Cody and then down to Salt Lake City and back down. So, uh, wow, that's pretty, pretty neat. So, what else do we got left? Um, history? Yes, there are a couple of important things that act to the U.S. that actually happened today. I'm going to throw this link out. Um, did you already have the link? You've been looking already, I'm guessing. What's today? 24? 23? Yeah, I was doing the com. Oh, you do it a different way. So I'm going to throw this link in to everybody. Uh, that's just this military one that the Dead Horse gave us. Okay, so I always like to just read the first one because it's always old. 1682, Duke of York gave Delaware to William Penn. There you go. So... Um, what were you going to say, Dana? What happened today? Uh, in this day in 1814, British capture and burn Washington. During the War of 1812, British forces under 
General Robert Ross overwhelm American militiamen at the Battle of Bladensburg, Maryland, and opposed and marched unopposed to Washington, D.C. Most congressmen and officials fled the nation's capital as soon as word came of the American defeat. But James Madison and his wife stayed, but not in the White House exactly. And um, the other thing that major thing that affected this country in 1954, Congress passes the Communist Control Act. Congress passed the, the Communist Control Act in response to growing anti-communism hysteria in the United States. Though full of ominous language, many found the purpose of the act unclear. That was also known as the Red Scare. And for those of you that may not remember, but may have heard of Joseph McCarthy, he was a senator that spearheaded that effort. It was 1954. Uh, 1863, some Confederate general says the submarine boat sent to Charleston found that there was not enough water under the Ironsides for her to pass below her keel. Therefore, they decided to affix a spike to the bow, drive the spike into the side of the Ironsides, and then back out and explode the torpedo, which was attached to the spike. So the Huntley underwater warfare. Yeah, we were doing submarine warfare before the Germans were. Just saying. Yeah, in a nasty, dastardly way. Yeah. Uh, in 1891, Thomas Edison patented the motion picture camera. Remember, does anybody know what the first motion picture was? I think what the first motion picture was. Anybody know what I think the first motion picture was? Tell us. It's that shit in the pictures of a horse, right? And then the horse goes galloping by the grid. Uh or my crazy. Oh, yeah. I remember something like that. Yeah, I know I, what you're talking about. I think that's it. I don't know if Edison did it, but I think that's the first time somebody came up with it. Um, what? what about 1909? Workers started pouring concrete for the Panama Canal. Yeah, how crazy is that? I wish they'd tell us how long that took, because I bet you it took a while, right? Yeah, probably like a year or so. Maybe Please, no, it took a lot longer than a year, dude. Yeah. It took forever. Uh, yeah, not probably at that time, you're right. Dude, they had like malaria. It began in 1881 and finished in 1904. 1881? Oh, no, no, in 1914. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Yeah, 1914. It finished and, uh, the radio. British. Who's listening to a ham radio out there? Okay, we got a meeting. <laughs> oh wait, we got we got Hosh out that, there. Saying something, Patriot? Yeah, the the British spared the Marine Corps barracks when they burnt the uh, Washington because of the Battle of uh, Flatsburg. How how they were they fought so good? They said, "Well, we're not going to screw up your uh, barracks." Is is there an echo in here? I thought. Did you say the barracks? Yeah. Oh, hey. Okay. Yeah, the year The but, last satellite built in. But Patriot is a Marine saying it, so it's Yeah, so it means a little more, maybe. <laughs> and it wasn't ham radio, it was just my desktop talking to you. Well, that's okay. We can make half a hash for it. 
1941, Adolf Hitler orders a cessation. Ces I cannot talk tonight. The cessation <laughs> of Nazi Germany's systematic T4 euthanasia program of the mentally ill and handicapped due to protest, although killings continue throughout the remainder of the war. Yeah. 45, the last Cadillac built M24 tank was produced on this day, ending the company's World War II effort. 44, Allied 45. troops. Yeah. No, no, in 44, sorry. Allied troops begin the attack on Paris. You guys missed this one from 1894. Congress passed the first graduated income tax. It was declared unconstitutional the next year. It imposed a 2% tax on incomes over $4,000. So a 2% ah. on incomes over 4000 in 1894 was probably not the majority of the people, and that was still declared unconstitutional. So I like this history page for putting stuff like that in there. That's neat. It's very uh, illuminating to people who think that, well, how can the government run if they don't have our money? Well, yet clearly they ran for well over 100 years without a tax directly on the citizens. Well, here's an interesting one. In 1998, the first RFID chip was implanted in a human. Wait, are you talking Patriot? Yep. Robotic arm, man. Uh, let's see. Voyager 2 passed within 3,000 miles of Neptune, sending back striking photos. That was in 1989. That's amazing, because we've seen... Well, I guess we. I, I was going to say, we've seen a lot of Voyager 2 stuff, but I bet you the years are... You know, there's probably a bunch of years between... Takes probably They're spread all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev's solar system. In 1991, Mikhail Gorbachev resigns. Do we, have anybody, do we have anybody from Pennsylvania in here? No, okay. All right, well, is there anything else? A lot of them. 1995, Windows 95 was released. Whoa, today? That's interesting. Yep. And that's all I got. All right, we got one Medal of Honor today. All right, so what is this? British Ambassador. Sweet. All right, well, that was a little bit of history. Again, we try to talk about history like that because you might be going to the range this weekend, give you something to talk about while you're waiting in line or something, or while you're waiting for a ceasefire and whatnot. And then, uh, whatever, it's kind of fun. So, Hosh just jumped in. You got the ham radio uh, podcast tomorrow, but you're also, I'm hoping I talk to you going live from Swap Me. Yeah, Swap Me tomorrow. So, uh, check me out in the morning. I'll hopefully be doing some 360 live stream um, on the YouTube side from the, the W6TRW Swap Meet in Redondo Beach, California. And then we'll go live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time the same day um, for the Ham Radio Crash Course. So it should be a lot of fun. And that's called dead air. I'm trying to queue things up here and be savvy about it. So, Angelina, anything going on at Allen Anchor over the weekend? Uh, nope, not really. 
I'm not working this weekend, so pretty stoked about that. Who are we missing here? Clover, you do stuff. What do you got coming up? Me? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't do anything, man. I just what, hang around. What is this stuff you speak of? Yeah, I don't, I don't do anything. Uh, what have I got coming up? Um, just the usual next week. I can't think of anything just altogether, uh, altogether crazy. We kind of had a crazy week this week, but uh, yeah, the uh, the Monday show and then the Wednesday show with the youth competitive shooters. That's always awesome. I uh, haven't really planned the Thursday show yet, and honestly, right now, I can't remember who's slated for Friday, so that doesn't help. That's a good place to be, because you know you got people coming. I know I got somebody on there. I just don't know who. Right on. You had a really good show earlier today. Uh, Gary from... Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. What's the name of the company again? I don't know. Uh, Honor, Honor Honor Defense, Defense is the right company, yeah, and then Honor Guard is the pistol. Right on. Thanks. So, yeah, that was neat. I really like talking to manufacturers when they're interesting and that guy was definitely able to keep up and had insight and willing to share super cool yeah it should should tell you a lot i mean that you know companies get demonized all the time for their products and this that and the other but you know anybody that listens to that and listens to him you should be able to tell real quick that you know you're talking about you know every question that was answered he not just he didn't just have the canned response answer right it was a very detailed, you know, here's the mechanics behind it. Here's the reasoning behind it. You know, a lot of people just, it's a can answer, can to have response and they move on. And uh, that's what's really interesting about him is he, he kind of geeks out on it a little bit. I felt like he kind of uh, really cares about his product and cares about his company and, you know, really went into depth on everything he answered. Absolutely. Night Strike, what do you got coming up? Uh, not much. Uh, I think Snob has something coming up. Okay. And I think it's coming up tomorrow. Oh, that's right. We got a new show on the works. He's muted. He's shy. It's gonna be a quiet show. Yeah, it's gonna be really quiet. No, I no, I invited Night Strike because I stole his topic, so you know it'll be loud. He'll be screaming. I didn't say it was my topic. It's just well, I mean that's where I got the idea from. So I was gonna give you credit where credits due. All right, all right. I did leave a little note on the main page of Gun Channels about uh, might want to put like the day and the time of the event. I thought I did, and you might have put that there since I put the reminder up there so maybe i just didn't see it am i missing anybody patriot you've been yep. cooking up I, over there anything in the works i've got a ton this weekend my local range has their end of summer sale the first 25 people to go to the outdoor range uh, get a box of sig ammo and they also have a new i believe it's 12 lanes of steel targets in the pistol range that they're just opening up and the outdoor so, so are we going to see some video from this i i i don't know i might i if that's if i get to the range i might just get stuck at the sales inside <laughs> so i i don't know i'm i'm hoping um i put out a, a video this this evening 
it was kind of choppy because the original footage that I was going to put out, I kind of deleted the editing stuff. So I had to get the bits and pieces because I gave the gun away. So if I wanted a video on it, I had to use all the little bits and pieces. And so there are some kind of odd words in there, but it came out, I guess. So you'll just have to check it out. Check out my channel and all that stuff. Right on. Well, keep posting it. People will find it and hopefully share it. And yeah, thanks for putting the effort in and uh, sharing what you're doing out there. No problem. I don't know if I'm missing anybody. Bacon's just back going back to work. Uh, yeah, Bacon. just a bunch of kids. Rubbing bellies, hopefully, working. Yeah, they, we had our parent night uh, last night, and that, that's always interesting. Rubbing parents' bellies, or? No, no, you rubbing puppy bellies, him going to work. Oh, okay. I think we could have everybody, except for Dano, who never does nothing. You going to do anything, Dano? I got the weekend off. Oh, really? That's what I'm doing. Nothing. Right on. Well, enjoy your weekend. Um, I want to say thanks again to the people that have purchased stuff from the gun website or the gear website store. Um, it really is uh, encouraging to keep us going. Uh, like I say, I did get some good news today. I will be on the road um, with the tour heading up to the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Uh, we'll be doing some van chats to talk about uh, routes and the van and what kind of adventures we might see along the way. We should be able to get through, looks like probably New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas, Illinois, Minnesota. One of the Dakotas, uh, Wyoming, um, Salt Lake City, Vegas, California. We'll see. And then back to Tucson. So uh, looking forward to that. Stay tuned for the adventures here on the show, on the uh, websites, on, I guess, YouTube, and the other social media platforms like GunTube.org and GunStreamer. Uh, lots of neat stuff. So we'll continue to play with this internet. And we'll continue to uh, create these pipelines that we can use when we need them. We're going to go up there and talk to the people at the Gun Rights Policy Conference and get all kinds of new uh, encouraging info. And hopefully we'll go into these uh, midterms and beyond with some uh, direction and some momentum and some uh, coordination. And we can all start putting our efforts together and seeing some stuff change in a positive way. We really look forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for being part of it. And... Dan, I think you said you got the quote. Yep, I got it. So you ready? Oh, we're ready. All right. Uh, today I got a quote from Colonel Jeff Cooper, USMC. Uh, the quote is as follows. Safety is something that happens between your ears, not something you hold in your hands. And with that, be strong and stand up for your country and go forth and conquer. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. My mother's making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. <laughs>